Hi, I'm Bowen Yang, and welcome to Search Party, the podcast brought to you by iHeartRadio and HBO Max. Think of this as an audio companion to the dark comedy series you can't help but binge watch. The theme of today's podcast is love, passion, and sex. You know, relationships can be complicated, and when there's a murder involved, well, they can get really complicated. But luckily, we have two fantastic guests today to help us work through Search Party's relationship issues, Jeffrey Self, who plays Elliot's boyfriend, Mark, as well as celebrity fan of the show, Busy Phillips. So let's get into it, shall we? Hello. Hi. Hi. I'm good. I'm good. Okay, so the theme today is love, passion, and sex. Normally, ugh. ugh okay, ugh. well, it, it's 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 a threefer. Um, okay. But normally, we do like a like a single theme, and then I ask the guests um, how the theme relates to their week or their day. Mm. It's it's tough to. It's tough to not be invasive with the questioning here to be like, who have you had sex with this week? But I think I want to ask, what is a concept that you are passionate about this week? I think I can start. This is I can start. I'll I'll answer first. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm like two years late on this trend, but um, I'm I'm, I'm into celery juicing because I I drink it first thing in the morning. I take a huge dump. Then I feel like I can run a marathon. So I love medical medium. Medical medium. I, I yeah. feel I, I feel sexual towards celery juice. I've that, never what, what is the what I mean, I know that's like obviously it sounds healthy, but like what is the what is the reason it's like what does it do? Uh b- busy probably knows. I don't know. Alkaline, alkalining your blood. We gotta alkaline our blood, guys. We okay. gotta uh-huh. we gotta just clean it all out, like Bond okay. says. You just like immediately shit. Mm-hmm. Um and there's something to it, it's that you're supposed to do it like on an empty stomach. Right. Mm. Um, I do now. Here's what I do: I do a bulletproof coffee. I wake up really early because I have two kids, uh-huh. and that's what they do. So mm-hmm. I have to do that too. And so I'll have my bulletproof coffee in the morning. Then I work out. Then my stomach is basically empty, and then I juice. Then I do my yes. celery juice. Well, I'm I'm passionate and sexual, and I love celery juice. Um, okay. Well, busy. How about you? What are you um passionate about this week? I guess I'm passionate about figuring shit out this week. Yeah. I am like in it. At the end of this week, I will have had four, five, almost five separate hours of therapy with different therapists for different people, with different people. Like just, we're getting it all figured out. I am Wonderful. going to doctors because I've been having weird acid reflux throat things that I think it's just all in my I think it's all tied together all of it the body mind thing I've been making some appointments with some like integrative medicine doctors I talked to my friend and you can do anything over zoom now which is amazing so you like it's amazing so my friend Michelle lives in New York and she's like oh I have this like acupuncturist herbalist guy who's incredible change your life previously that wouldn't be a possibility no but now He'll see you because <laughs> they see everyone over Zoom. Okay, so busy. You're 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 um, passionate about diagnostics. I I love that. Passionate. That's great. Okay, mm. great. Uh, Jeffrey, what about you? You know, I was just thinking about it, and the main thing of my past week that I've been really into is corn on the cob. I oh. have, I've never been <laughs> that into corn on the cob, but <laughs> we bought all this corn on the cob like a couple <laughs> weeks ago, like two weeks ago. Because we had people, we, well, we had a couple people over um, yeah, for like a, a background social distance thing. And I would, we ended up not cooking it. And then 
my husband left and I've just been like trying to cook everything that's in the refrigerator and we have all this fucking corn on the cob. I love it so much. I've never been someone who cooks corn on the cob, but I'm so into it. I look forward to it every night. Wow. Fantastic. Um, let's talk about love, passion, sex. I feel like these are three things. And I, I maybe I would even single sex out as this recurring thing that undermines trust or solidarity mm-hmm. between all the characters on the show. Mm, um, yes. Perhaps. And Jeffrey, with your character, Mark, it seems that he is slighted multiple times. Right. The trust in the relationship is betrayed multiple times, which is perhaps best illustrated in this scene that takes place right after Elliot has a very harrowing experience in court. Let's go ahead and roll that clip. <laughs> I thought about it, and we're getting married, and it is all for the best. We don't have to get married. You don't have to go through this with me. No, baby, sweetie, I thought about it. And the, the, the guests have booked their travel, the sponsors are in place, and the best part, babe, the best part is that now I actually know you. I mean, I know who I'm marrying. Who else gets to say that? Okay, well, if you're excited, I'm excited. Oh, so sad. So sad. sad. Yeah. Okay. Well, Jeffrey, what do you have to say? Because it feels like these two characters are propping up each other's hysteria. Mm-hmm. And then you have Mark trying to support and console Elliot, but he is sort of, he has this sort of manic thing about yeah. him, too. It's like, how can that be a supportive thing to this person who's clearly. Dark. A, not a dark person. I mean, yeah. I feel like Mark is like such a a victim, but it's like someone who really likes being a victim. Like I think he's like he's like sort of masochistic in that way. And I think mm-hmm. that's like like I think he's just as disgusting as Elliot because he like is willing to put up with this so that I so that he can like have something to complain about, I feel like, so that he can feel damaged and feel Oh God, don't you guys broken. all have friends like that? Oh, who like you're yes. like Guys, it's been 15 years you've been talking to me about this exact same thing. 100%. You know? Yeah, it's one of those like those kind of people who are like, oh, I can just never date. And it's like, there's tons of people who want to date you for fuck's right. sake. And I feel like he's someone who wants to just like have a boyfriend that's like, oh, he just isn't fully there for me. And it's like, right. you could go get, just go fuck somebody else, dude. Interesting, <laughs> but then, but it, and it, it works both ways with what Busy's saying, where it's like people who are like, I just can't date, but then it's also that also applies for people who are like, I'm really unhappy in this relationship that yes. I've been in for a long time. Yeah, yes. totally. Because I think when you're unhappy in a like, if you have something to be unhappy about that's like specific that you can put all your unhappiness in that basket, then it's like all the other baskets that of unhappiness around you you can ignore. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Right. And oftentimes those those things, those people who are in unhappy relationships or whatever complain about it, they do use it. That's their like escape is to complain about yeah. the thing. But the truth is they maybe aren't really even that unhappy. I'm not saying this yeah. is the case in Mark and Elliot's relationship, sure. but I just mean like in general. Yeah. But there's mm-hmm. something in that scene that I love 
And I want to ask, Bowen, are you married? I don't know. I'm not. I'm okay. not very single. Um, but, ooh. And <laughs> a veil. I'll, 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 Take a veil. I'll think about it. I'll think who I know. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Fucking hate that. Um, but, Jeffrey, you're, how long have you been married? Almost two years. Over two years. Almost, okay. th- almost three years. Okay, almost three years, and I've been married um, four thousand. Mm. Uh, no, I got I thanks. I got married. I'm we're at, I thirteen years married. So, but here's my question because I mm-hmm. think it it's really interesting. Now I get to say I know the person I married, and who gets mm. to say that? And so my yeah. question to you, Jeffrey, is: Do you feel like you knew your husband before you got married, That's or do you feel like? Every day, every month, every year is a new, you're learning something new. It's a great question. Um, I think, I think, well, I think my husband and I have both really evolved a lot since we first started dating. He had never done therapy or any sort of stuff like that before. And I kind of grew up in therapy and on antidepressants and all that kind of stuff. So I, I think he's, he entered a journey of like, looking at a lot of his shit once we got married and so that he's like grown a lot in that way and i had sort of stopped doing therapy and stuff for quite a few years and was kind of in a rut about all that stuff when we got together and i feel like once we got our relationship was in a really secure place we both felt safe and comfortable enough to actually start exploring that stuff again for me again and for him the first time and so I feel like I have gotten to know him more in that because he's sort of gotten to know himself more and I've sort of gotten to know myself more in that time. But that's yeah, I guess that I guess that's the case. Yeah. What do you feel like you guys with your marriage like over the years was there like a moment where it was like okay, now I fully know this fucking person? I feel like neither one of us really knew the other one when we got married in a weird way. Even were though you, we've been You were in really young? I am eight years younger than Mark. Okay. And I was 27 when we got married and okay. we've been together for two years. Okay. Yeah. I do think it's interesting because I think that people, uh, I mean, I think marriage should be like obsolete at this point anyway. Like I'm like, if I, if it were me today, I wouldn't get married. I would just be like, sure. yeah, let's get let's this house just, and we can right. have kids mm-hmm. if we want, whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. However, that was not what I felt at the time. And I think I knew what his values were, but I would say that like, I don't feel like I really knew him and I don't mm. think he really knew me mm. in like a, in like a fundamental, <laughs> I know that sounds crazy, yeah, but no. like in a fundamental way yeah. that we've learned since. Had you been in a, like a, a super serious relationship before that? Yeah. Yeah. I only, I was like one of those, like I was like a serial monogamist. I only yeah. had serious long term relationships. Mm-hmm. Sure. Mm-hmm. What about you, Bon? Do you, have you had long? Are you long term? Are you short term? I'm. I've only ever sort of had these these short little bursts of of of, of whatever, and nothing nothing terribly long term. But we've talked about this in other episodes about like avoidance as attachment, about mm. how like you know, and it's it's this phenomenon that happens with Drew's character where his character is a little is kind of sexualized, fetishized by these women who want to f- fuck him. Because he's on trial for murder. And then with Dory, it's like she's being preyed upon. But um, I was going to say that is there even something relatable to either of you that Mark is kind of okay with these foundational aspects of getting to know his partner, not even 
not even sort of being real or being completely debased, but like having this turning point where he's like, I st- I'll still marry you because now I finally know who you are. But even though who I've known you to be all this time has been a lie. Is there something like yeah. that we relate to in that? I think there's something I sort of relate to. I mean, I definitely have had my other longest term relationship before I got married was 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 really like deeply unhealthy and not um, happy and nice. I feel like in that I was sort of just like willing to like not know the person because I was sort of after a fantasy of what I thought the person in my relationship was. I think that there's something to the like Mark and Elliot dynamic of that of like this guy has just decided he wants to like this is this is where his life is going to go next and relationship wise and and no matter what is standing in that way he's going to keep going on that on that journey. Mark, that's Mark's impetus, you think? I think so, yeah. I think so. Yeah. Cuz with both of them, they seem to enjoy the idea of marriage as a performative as con- a- yeah. Totally. As concept. That's also like I relate to that. I think I was I think that there I think that that's the thing that like we get fed by the you know, heteronormative patriarchy, right? Like, yeah. and so no one, I mean, for the most part, I mean, depending on how you're raised, most people are not immune to like falling into that trap to think that that marriage, a wedding and marriage is going to like offer you stability. And especially mm-hmm. if you're a person who like comes from trauma or has mm-hmm. trauma or whatever, and you're like, I, or <laughs> even like, I'm never surprised when people who were like child actors or whatever get married very young because mm-hmm. like that was also sort of where I was coming from at age, right. you know, when I was like, because I was like, I've done it all. Like what's next? Oh, yeah. I guess I got married now, you know? Uh-huh. And, and like that I do know I've, been in a lot of therapy too and so Mm -hmm. i do know that that was one part of it at the Mm -hmm. time which was just like i've already i wanted to get out of arizona i wanted to like become an actor on tv i did it i did it i wanted to be in movies i'm in movies i wanted to do this i did it okay so now what do we do oh i guess i get married and have kids you know and and it was almost just like there was nothing was going to stop that trajectory yeah dang i know that's deep guys but that's deep (laughs) No, but I th- yeah, I think there is something there where it's like we I think, you know, you, that's a very specific experience, obviously. But I think there's something where like people come up with these ideas of like these tent poles of of of, of yes. life. And, and it's like mm-hmm. you have no matter what, even if you're not quite even feeling it, it's like mm-hmm. you have to meet those and hit those. And sure. I, I think that's sort of what's going on there. And at least in, in this or if you're a person like these guys who haven't really done the work on figuring out how to make themselves happy. He's just like, it's literally grasping at straws. Like what's going to work, you know, is this like all of these external things might Mm -hmm. be the thing that works. Yeah, sure. Sure. Because the way that this is all satirized on the show is that, with the Sam Pancake and Drew Drogi scenes where they're planning the wedding, it's like, oh, you, your wedding will have sponsors and it's it's good to have these people there. It's like they sort of as a couple are OK with this because it still has this external gilded shell of it being a wedding still. Uh-huh. Yeah. But this is an interesting thing, thing that Busy brings up because I, I did want to ask, like, at what point is Mark going through with the wedding in terms of Elliot's dysfunction, in terms of sympathizing with what Elliot's going through and kind of being like, oh, I should be there for my partner, or if he's acknowledging any sort of dysfunction in himself to be like, I'm fucked up and I don't know if I have any other recourse 
in life and this is something that I want and I'm just going to go through with this even though I don't really know who I'm marrying. Right. I feel like for him, it's like, for like the Mark character, I think it's like more, I don't think it's the self-awareness of like, well, I'm fucked up and everybody's fucked up so I might as well go along with this. I think it's more of a place of like, a self-worth and like uh, feeling like this is the, the best he can get and Oof. i think it's it's a bit ickier with with that and i you know obviously i think with elliot i think it's more about the need for validation and attention and a misguided uh, t- you know pursuit of that um which is mm-hmm. i think what all of his choices are for my character i think it, yeah i think it's more of a place of like self-worth and just like that's not I don't I don't I don't deserve anything better sadly I think is what he's going through Aww. sad like but I I think it's also like I think there's something to them that's like so I mean obviously that's what Charles and SV are, are writing about I'm assuming is like specifically with gay men and the idea of like I mean, it's not just gay men, but there is certainly a thing there of like the performative aspect of a relationship. And like, you know, I know like my first relationship was like terrible, but like the Instagram posts, God, they looked good, you know, and it's like (laughs) beautiful, you know, (laughs) beautiful. Yeah. And I think there's something to them, you know, for sure of like the optics of like, oh, we're two pretty blonde boys. Oh, isn't Mm -hmm. this pretty and nice and aesthetically pleasing and all that bullshit that is giving them something that is they're, they're willing to like look away from all the, the the shit that's actually happening to to be like oh look we're we're happy right sure sure yeah. but mark at least has some moral, moral clarity compass. yeah sure yeah. because i mean after the after elliot gets revealed to be eldad and you mm-hmm. know the <laughs> the parents the parents are these like non-union actors yeah. the woman who plays the mom quote unquote uh-huh. is like i really you know she's like she puts the gum uh, in yeah, her mouth like, she's I like liked you. Yeah, i liked you i liked you she's so brilliant that actress brilliant and I then you brilliant. and then and then mark is just like um i can't do this right now it's like yeah 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 like they were really intimately close you know yeah he does have some kind of moral compass but it feels like it's something that like a moral compass that he in no way trusts, you know, that he oh. that he he feels mm. but doesn't actually like listen to his gut in that way. Sure. After this quick break, we'll continue discussing the themes of love, passion, and sex in the context of Search Party with Jeffrey Self and Busy Phillips. You won't want to miss this. We have two clips today. Our next clip is between Dory and Drew. And I think let's just get into the Dory and Drew of it all. Because there's plenty of love, sex, passion that um, kind of taints a lot of uh, the behavior. So let's let's watch this. So, um, where should I sleep tonight? I could go sleep at Gail's, but I think it looks better for us if, if, I, if I live here. Yeah. I don't know, Dory. I'm sorry, I'm just having um, a hard time trusting you right now. True. I'm going to save us. And I think I need you. 
Yeah, I think I need you too. Great. So let's talk about just the general concept of Dory and Drew performing their passion, their love for each other publicly, and in this case, privately, because that there is some like scenery chewing aspect to that <laughs> that little exchange where Dory is just like it's soapy. It's like mm-hmm. I need you, you need me, and like you know they're sort of bound together through the season, um, mm-hmm. the trial. Do we think it's all real at that point? Like, and like, and like, what is that sort of blurry line between an authentic quote unquote and performed love? Yeah. I feel like with that, I mean, I feel like it's like it has been really performative. And now, like, they're with that, that high of the stakes, how high the stakes are of what they're dealing with now. Like, you're kind of forced to like stop performing and actually step up and be as close as you've been performing and pretending to be kind of, I think with them. Yeah. But I also think that it's almost, I mean, it's not really passion. I mean, there's no path, you know, it's like, it's like a need. They have a need that mm-hmm. maybe isn't tied into necessarily like any sort of true romantic passion. Sure. Because I think in the first episode of the first season in the pilot, you have them sort of, having some mechanical sex with each other correct it's wrote and like that's our way in and that's like the the sort of beginning of their passion journey and then but has dory ever had like good sex i can't think of i feel like her sex with um the detective right no no you're remembering it you're misremembering i think yeah probably i think it's like (laughs) Or, or it was hot sex, and then she, like, had the moment of realization that it was, like, all too real. Like, it was, like, gross and gross and dirty yeah. and, like, and like his be- apartment yeah. was, like, shitty and uh-huh. he's, like, a single dad who's, like, ugh. Like, you know what I mm-hmm. mean? <laughs> yeah. Which, by the way, again, very relatable moment for every person. Oh, sure. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. When you're, like... The fantasy have, is, oh. Yeah, ooh. the fantasy's dead. The lights come on in the dark So maybe room. you're right. Maybe the sex was hot for a second. Yeah. Oh, my God. I'm so sorry. That's all right. My dog heard us talking about hot sex. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my dog won't that have that about. reaction anymore. Um, <laughs> <laughs> poor baby. Passion's no, but you, But you know what I mean? Like, I feel like she... Has yeah. she ever had, like, genuine... That's a good question. Has she ever had genuinely fulfilling if my memory serves me correctly i feel like with keith with julian i believe oh right but i think she's i think there are moments where she would have passionate good sex with drew after the murder um where this sort of traumatic thing this traumatic thing sort of binds them together brings them closer i see that re-sparks the passion there which i mean is dark is this is is that thing where like you know like hostage victims fall in love with each other maybe it's like right. oh trauma bonding guys trauma bonding, trauma yeah, bonding. totally yeah totally so you're suggesting trauma bonding is very real you're suggesting mm-hmm. killing somebody in order to have better sex is that yes okay Listen, cool <laughs> i'm down <laughs> i'm gonna bring it to couples therapy tomorrow <laughs> i'll i'll let you guys know what um my therapist Look, thinks I, I volunteer as tribute i do it, do no, it to please, me. No, please, please. Don't even <laughs> joke about such things. So let's talk about the April character in terms of Drew. Drew finds this other outlet for our sex, let's say. Um, but then April sort of ends up being this menacing force uh, that sort of kind of threatens 
the gang. I don't know. Like, this is kind of the broader theme that I think is woven throughout the show is that uh, sex just gets all of the characters into these terrible dangerous Mm -hmm. into trouble yeah is that a fair but like that's that's that seems like such an unfair application of of like the destructive properties of sex and i don't feel like i don't i feel like sex shouldn't always be this thing that's like life ruining (laughs) right i don't know i mean i mean (laughs) jeffrey and i both were like i mean i mean i mean yeah isn't it kind of it's like all like it's it complicates everything it's like all of the world's issues are complicated by it and because it's like so intrinsically tied to power especially in our culture Mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. that it just all it all becomes like a play for something you know or it can't it has the ability to it's just very rare where i feel like people are honest about I know it's been taboo forever and so I feel like it's very rare where people are like honest about it and actually I would say that I've always felt although I think that it has shifted mm-hmm. but I have always felt that like my friends in the LGBTQIA plus community oh. have had a much healthier way in communication with within their own relationships on what it is that they need and want because they're like, again, another, I'm like a slightly older generation or whatever, but like my friends didn't have, they couldn't look to like the heteronormative relationships and make that work. So that they were always just like, well, what works for us? We're just going to make up what works. We're going to, yeah, we're going to define it ourselves and we're going to like go with what works for us. And we're not going to try to fit into this Mm -hmm. thing that we doesn't want us anyway. And we don't want it. Right. Right. And then I think there was like, there's been a shift obviously in the last decade, which I've seen with some of my friends, but I do feel like it gets real fucked up because of the ideas of like, I guess biblically, I guess. I don't know, marriage and Yeah. I yeah, I mean like I was always like afraid of the idea of marriage until like I you know, started dating Augie and it was like like on our honeymoon, like we hooked up with picked up boys at bars, you know, and it's like that's Mm -hmm. just a very different thing than what I thought marriage was was going to be. And it's you know, that that was sort of why I was afraid afraid of it because I thought like, oh, that these rules and all this kind of shit. But I, I, I think, yeah, I mean, I think as a generalization, the like you said, the LGBTQIA plus community. Well, nothing holds a, true for anyone, but like, no, I of do course, just that, you but know. I think that, yeah, no, of course. But I do think that like, there is inherently something freer sexually there. Sure. Um, and sure. a healthier, I don't know, just like a less shame, I guess. Well, because is it so like maybe it was like born from so much shame, you know, like like right. a feel for a lot, you know, for yeah. a lot of friends like trying to f- navigate what that is. And you're like, well, so I'm just going to make my own. I don't yeah. know. And we also have lots of I mean, I have lots of uh, queer friends who are married or in relationships who are very, very, very like heteronormative and, mm-hmm. and monogamous and all that in that way. Um, and it really works for them. But like I I was just gonna say, but I think that there's just validity to everyone in the world <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. opening up to an idea that what works for me might not work for you. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that judgment is just so fucking ingrained in everyone mm, yeah. that that's where all the issues with sex happen because everybody 
for because sure. outside of horrible things that can happen with mm-hmm. sex, like I think people feel sort of oppressed and repressed in terms of even right. voicing it a lot of times because of the fear of judgment. Mm-hmm. Well, there are notions around sex that put up parameters around trust and around monopolizing trust. Like if you're sleeping with me, then you can't sleep with anybody else. Or, or, or right. let's just say like that's like some sort of configuration of that. And I think like you can sort of throw intimacy in there as this catch-all term for love, passion, sex, where it's this thing that like communication is intimacy. It's what mm-hmm. like, it's like what with what Busy was saying. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, as long as you're communicating these things that builds this trust, that builds this love, that builds this comfort around this. And so I think that's like, maybe that's the dynamic that um, Charles and Sarah Violet are constantly playing with on the show is that you have these characters who become vulnerable through sex and they end up, you know, murdering or confessing to crime. Like Portia confesses to Elijah, J.J. Plas's character um, about what the, what, what, what the friends have done. Um, so maybe that's it. It's like there's this there's sort of this thing where sex is at odds with trust. And I think the antidote to all of this is not all of it, but is to sort of kind of have this to be concentric circles. And then and then that way, trust is built into right. that relationship. Yeah, It's also like radical honesty is the mm. is the key right to everything. On search party, but also in our own lives. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like if we can just if we can take as close to a a vow of radical honesty with ourselves, with our partners, Uh Mm -hmm. you know, with our children within reason. Search party, I feel like none of the storylines would exist if these people would just committed to radical honesty. Yeah, correct. It would be interesting actually if like one character would. Yeah. I've also like I'd love to see a show where everybody was committed to honesty like it's really it hard interesting. it'd be hard to like what is the story there but it would be really interesting to see no but it's still even when you're honest you still i mean that's because like there's still conflict oh yeah. wow oh, yeah, yeah totally. I've, I've like tra- i've tried really hard in the last few years um to be very committed to like radical honesty mm-hmm. and i have to say it's like not without drama and sure. conflict because mm-hmm. you, if you're really if you really like dig deep and you're like okay well this is my impulse i'm being radically honest this is my impulse and then you're like but wait Mm -hmm. where is that coming from okay so Mm. like i need to i need to figure that out yeah is Mm -hmm. it coming from this place or is it coming from that place and then like oh it's coming from this like very true real core thing but is that was that rooted in trauma like it is it can get you can get fucking deep you know what i mean and then sometimes you're just like i want a turkey sandwich that's my <laughs> radical honesty for the day. Yes. Wait. Okay. I just, the, one of the one of the last few things I want to ask: Do we think there's a single character on the show who loves someone other than themselves? If we're even operating under the assumption that any of these characters love themselves, I feel like this is a show that is about solipsism, mm-hmm. about sort of selfishness, about kind mm-hmm. of not looking out for each other, even though you are bound by trauma, mm-hmm. bound by history and your past friendships i feel like drew is as far as like the main four i feel like drew is probably the most empathetic and loving of them i mean he's not without Mm -hmm. his own shit but like i feel like he actually i think he actually loves story yeah yeah right i I think he yeah i think he actually loves loves story and like once he's like in his in his soul like a good person i think Mm, that's good um i actually kind of agree yeah 
I also think just Louis Anderson always loves himself under yes. control. <laughs> He's Bob. so good. Um, Bob Lunch does love himself and everybody else. Um, Sam Pancake. Sam Pancake. Andrew Jerky loves himself. I was going to say, those Andrew two actually, Jogi. I do think really, those characters I think do genuinely love themselves. And I think have yeah. like, a fab, like a happy life. Like I think those, I do too. Those two people genuinely enjoy life like they're fully ridiculous and i don't want to go to their house because it you know it smells like like a vanilla yankee candle or something but like <laughs> it's it's he it, they I, I do think they genuinely are like I do genuinely too. happy yeah yeah i agree on that note this is the last thing i'll ask i know you two are already married uh if you were to renew your vows who would you want to have sponsor <laughs> that ceremony um, and i can answer this for myself for my wedding yeah, sure. um would love a diptyque sponsorship. Oh, we love a diptyque. Um, and then um, Lowe's would be great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, what are they? But what are they sponsoring? What are they doing? I think. I think like they're um, just giving just money. Money and party favors, whether it's like gift certificates or like to like, Lowe's? Everyone gets Everyone gets like one sconce, you know, uh, at the mm. wedding or something. I, I like. I get the diptyque. Everybody gets a diptyque <laughs> candle. Yeah, diptyque. I'm with you. And then you, you lost me at the hardware. I, I just want to sort of run the gamut of uh-huh. brands. I don't want it to be just lifestyle stuff. I want it to be, or luxury. I want it to be like things you can, things that have practical value, things that have sure. um, atmospheric value. I just, I just want this to be like a thing where there's something for everybody. Um, okay. In, in okay. The sense. So as far I as like it. a party favor, like a Raquel Witt Welch wig, you know, like something from her line, everybody gets a nice wig, like a nice lace front would be nice. I uh-huh. mean, obviously, the obvious would be a good, just like a really, really good. I think I actually answered this question maybe about the wedding. Cause I was saying something about wine, but just like a bank, just money. Amer- yeah. American express. American Express Black Card. That's who I want to sponsor. Oh, the wedding. So I would. This is like just going to be a a real fantasy moment for me. Um, (laughs) I would want to be sponsored by the Four Seasons Travel Mm -hmm. and have them. Do you guys know that Four Seasons also has like private planes that they will like, and they do these like wild. Well, let me tell you something. You stay at enough Four Seasons in your life. Maybe (laughs) you'll start start getting the emails for their Uh, private plane experiences. So I'm sponsored by Four Seasons Travel and I'm getting them to like pay for all my entire everyone. Your whole crew. Yeah. Everyone is going to like Turks and Caicos Uh somewhere. And that I mean, is there a Four Seasons there? Probably whatever. And then and then Casa Dragones is going to be my alcohol sponsor. Mm -hmm. Okay. And Mm -hmm. so that we have like our tequila drinks and they'll it'll all be flown in. And then (laughs) I feel like an Elliot here and I'm going to like need to do a charity component. Oh, yeah. So so then I'm going to like do some sort of thing for Jose Andreas and World Central Kitchen to give back. Great. But Four Seasons Travel hit us up. Yeah. There you I go. mean, I will tattoo that on my butt. Oh, yeah. Th- well, sure. that's that's like within reason. Um, <laughs> okay, great. Well, Busy, you're in season four. This is very exciting. Talk about your experience, your character, whatever you can say without spoiling too much, I suppose, in case people haven't seen. What can you say? I mean, it's insane. You're, okay. I mean, it's truly, I really think people will enjoy the episode. You know, I've been such a huge fan of the show since day one. And I always said to them, like, if there's like two lines, I will fly to New York for it. Yeah. And Charles, like, 
emailed me, we have this thing. I think it's really fucking funny for you. Will you read it and see if you want to come out and do it? And I have to say it wasn't even I was like, I don't need to read it. I'm in like, I don't I don't even care. I told you I told you like, I feel like they started the show like seven years ago. They I don't did. know if that's true. Right. Yeah. 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 I mean, I feel I was like, I feel like we had brunch at Little Dom's on Hillhurst like seven years ago. And I said to you, whatever, anytime I'm in. <laughs> um, but I do work with Meredith a lot, which is mm-hmm. which was super fun for me. And um, I, because I've known Alia forever. Mm-hmm. I don't want to tell anyone anything other than I think you'll really enjoy it. I had a lot of fun. Being on the set was amazing. Um, SV and Charles were fantastic to work with. And I just watched a little bit of ADR where you do like the looping guys, like if your audio is weird or something. Right. That's right. Um, and it was really funny. So I'm excited. That's very exciting. I'm excited for not having seen it. So I can't do wait. Do you know what it is? I don't. I don't. And I don't, <gasps> oh, don't want to know. I don't oh, want to tell you. I don't want to tell okay, you. Okay, great. It's great. really good. Okay, cool. Cool. But I, I didn't know. read like because I'm a... It's always a tricky thing, I think, as an actor when you're a fan of a thing. Uh Um, But I, you know, I only read the stuff I was in and I kind of didn't ask any other questions because I just want to I want to like enjoy the show still. And I don't. (laughs) And my part is sort of like you can just kind of like it pops in and out like so easily. I don't need to know anything else. That's it's nice. even, it's even like kind of better that I don't. Right. Yeah. So yeah, like as a fan, I was just like, I want to just make sure that I'm going to still be able to enjoy it. Nothing will be ruined. Wow. <laughs> okay. This is very good. Um. Well, I don't want to take up any more of your time. Uh, so thank you so much to my guest, Jeffrey Self, Busy Phillips for joining me in this discussion on love, passion and sex. Um, I hope these sponsorship deals come through. For all of us. For all of us. Okay, yay, I'm excited. And Jeffrey, yay. Has- this was lovely. So good um, to see you. Thanks for having me. Well, I hope you feel the love that I have for our two guests today, Jeffrey Self and Busy Phillips. Thank you both so much for coming by. Until next time, I'm Bowen Yang. Join me next week for two new episodes in which we deep dive into the many themes of Search Party with even more special guests. Search Party, the podcast, is a production of HBO Max and iHeartRadio. It's executive produced by Ethan Fixell, produced and written by Jonah Bayer, written and researched by Marissa Brown, and engineered, edited, and mixed by Matt Stillo. If you haven't already subscribed, rated, or reviewed Search Party, the podcast, please do so on the iHeartRadio app, HBO Max, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you might get your podcasts. And don't forget to watch season four of Search Party, premiering January 14th only on HBO Max. 